Hello and welcome to Deer Tracks. It's great to be with you for another episode of the Deer Tracks podcast. It has been a delight to put these episodes together, and I hope you have enjoyed them so far, and I would love to hear your feedback. Poetry.deertracks at gmail.com is the email where you can get in touch with me and where you can send me your poems as well. And I just got a notification that we've actually passed the 50 download mark for the podcast and for having only a handful of episodes out there um it was just great news and i just want to thank you so much for for tuning in and to listening to these episodes and if i could just make uh one request uh if you could um if you're listening to this on a podcast provider like apple google spotify tune in um please leave a five-star rating and positive review most uh places like that have some sort of rating system and it goes a long way in helping me expand the audience and, and the reach of this podcast because um, the more ratings and reviews that a podcast has, the more visible they are to people when they're searching for topics related to the podcast. So I would really appreciate it if you could help me out and, like I said, leave a five-star rating and review. It only takes a couple minutes at most and really just goes a long way in, in helping build the audience uh, for this podcast. One of the things I've been trying to do a lot more, especially during this time of social distancing, is read. This was actually my New Year's resolution, and so far, with being more than a quarter of the way through the year, I have to say I've stuck to it for the most part. Now, what has helped me to stay on track recently is being involved with not one, but two book clubs. And I know for some of you that might sound like I'm punishing myself. But seriously, though, if you've been wanting to do more reading, involving yourself in a book club would definitely help motivate you to stay on target. We're too close. Stay on target. Guess I should mention that I'm a Star Wars fan, and references like that may come up from time to time. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you all of this is that the one club I'm in is reading a book titled The Beer Option, Brewing a Catholic Culture Yesterday and Today by R. Jared Stout. Now, to save us some time, I'm not going to explain the book, so if you're curious, you can learn more about it by finding it on Amazon or through Angelical Press, which is the publisher of the book. But for our purposes here, I wanted to share with you a ballad I encountered in one of the chapters of that book. The ballad is written by the 18th century Scottish bard Robert Burns. The title of the work is John Barleycorn, and rather than explain it away, all I will say is that if you're listening to this while drinking a good brew, raise your glass, and together let us toast John Barleycorn. There was three kings, and to the east three kings, both great and high, and they he sworn a solemn oath John Barleycorn should die. They took a plow and plowed him down, put clods upon his head, and they he sworn a solemn oath John Barleycorn was dead. But the cheerful spring came kindly on, and showers began to fall. John Barleycorn got up again, and sore surprised them all. The sultry suns of summer came, and he grew thick and strong, his head wheel armed with pointed spears that no one should him wrong. The sober autumn entered mild when he grew wan and pale, his bending joints and drooping head showed he began to fail. 
His color sickened more and more, he faded into age, and then his enemies began to show their deadly rage. They've ta'en a weapon long and sharp and cut him by the knee, then tied him fast upon a cart like a rogue for forgery. They laid him down upon his back and cudgeled him full sore. They hung him up before the storm and turned him o'er and o'er. They filled up a darksome pit with water to the brim. They heaved in John Barleycorn, there let him sink or swim. They laid him out upon the floor to work him farther woe, and still as signs of life appeared they tossed him to and fro. They wasted o'er a scorching flame the marrow of his bones, but a miller used him worst of all, for he crushed him between two stones. And they hated his very heart's blood, and drank it round and round, and still the more and more they drank, their joy did more abound. John Barleycorn was a hero bold of noble enterprise, for if you do but taste his blood, twill make your courage rise, twill make a man forget his woe, twill heighten all his joy, twill make the widow's heart to sing, though the tear were in her eye. Then let us toast John Barleycorn, each man a glass in hand, and may his great posterity ne'er fail in old Scotland. That was Robert Burns's John Barleycorn, and it feels like it would have been paired with a very lively tune. And uh, I personally like these two stanzas. They wasted o'er a scorching flame the marrow of his bones, but a miller used him worst of all, for he crushed him between two stones. And they hated his very heart's blood, and drank it round and round, and still the more and more they drank, their joy did more abound. Just some great words there, some really great imagery. And if you were able to figure it out, the character John Barleycorn really just personifies barleycorn, which is a main ingredient for beer. It just is basically barleycorn is a kernel of barley. So hopefully you enjoyed that ballad, and the next time you're drinking a delicious brew, remember old John Barleycorn. And now uh, we're going to move from Scottish ballads to English romanticism with our next poem written by William Wordsworth. I know it's uh, quite a shift there. Now, to learn more about the poets I mentioned during each episode, I encourage you to check out poetryfoundation.org or poets.org. Both are great resources to not only learn more about who these poets were and some insights into their writing style, but you can also read some of their poems. And this poem of William Wordsworth's is one that I found on poetryfoundation.org, and the title of it is Most Sweet It Is. Most sweet it is with unuplifted eyes to pace the ground, if path be there or none, while a fair region round the traveller lies, which he forbears again to look upon, pleased rather with some soft ideal scene, the work of fancy, or some happy tone of meditation, slipping in between the beauty coming and the beauty gone. If thought and love desert us from that day, let us break off all commerce with the muse, with thought and love companions of our way, whate'er the senses take or may refuse, the mind's internal heaven shall shed her dews of inspiration on the humblest lay. Again, that was Most Sweet It Is, written by William Wordsworth. So much of the weather that we have had in the Northeast for the month of April has been rainy or snowy, and if you remember from last episode, I kind of started off talking about the weather, and I'm not going to have that be a common theme in each episode, 
But uh, this does lead into my next poem, so just bear with me a little bit. Well, we've had only a handful of nice days, at least as it seems anyway. But this past Saturday was one of those nice days, and I was on my way home from the grocery store and saw these Japanese cherry trees in full blossom just down the street from my house. Now, we also have a weeping cherry tree in front of our house that was in full blossom as well, And so I said to my wife that we should take the kids on a walk down the street to check out these Japanese cherry trees. I mean, after all, it was a nice day, and the flowers on the tree were pink, which my daughter would absolutely love. So we walked down there, and the trees were beautiful and filled the air with such a sweet smell. And besides that, it was just a great day to be outside and and enjoy a nice walk around our neighborhood. There are so many wonderful and beautiful things happening quietly around our neighborhoods that we can miss if we don't pause to take them in. I actually took some pictures of my cherry tree and the leaves of the firebush below it, as well as some leaves on the rose bushes I have in my backyard, and I've put them up on my Instagram page. Again, just go to at uh, poetry.deertracks, uh, search that handle at poetry.deertracks to find my Instagram page. Uh, Follow that, and you can check out those pictures there. And feel free to share with me some of the beautiful things that are happening in your neighborhood as well. You know, just take a picture of it and uh, put it on Instagram or Facebook and tag me in that. Uh, That'd be awesome. And together, let's be more attentive to the beauty that surrounds us. Now, this next poem uh, is one of my own and was inspired by my daughter, and the title of it is A Rose. She sees the rose before it blooms, even before the burgeoning bud. She understands the sign of leaves and rejoices in what is to come. She sees the beauty yet revealed, accepts in time we'll see it so, for though we hesitate to claim, unashamed she calls it a rose. And a rose there may or may not be, as I tend to think in pragmatic ways, but a child won't look to what it lacks, She looks ahead to more bountiful days. The kingdom come on the breath of spring, attended to by childlike faith, and here I am a doubting Tom, where she in fullness has embraced. The fairest leaf, the sweetest flower, adorned with purpose as the human soul, and made to flourish all the same, there in its place ordained long ago. The earth is filled with these little glories that softly hum an ancient song, It's not to us that each one opens, nor for us that their hymns go on, but that in meek anticipation, and to marvel at our Maker's grace, we would engage with childlike fervor the rhyme and pitch of nature's praise, to behold new life unfolding, to discern what new buds disclose, to see each soul with my daughter's eyes, and in each potential to bloom a rose. I hope you enjoyed that poem. That was one of my own. And again, the title of that poem was A Rose. Well, to finish things off in a beautiful way, I have another song from my friend Evan Anstey titled You Are the Ocean. This is actually one of my favorite tracks off his album, We Will Be at Peace. And I would like to thank Evan for allowing me to share it with you on this podcast. He also shared with me the story behind the song. And so this is what he sent to me. I wrote that one about the time period when I had graduated college, but Michaela, which is his wife, uh, who is two years my junior, was still finishing her degree. 
At the time, I was fully plunged into the working world and craving that sense of free opportunity and possibility that I had while I was a student. Using a softly swaying ocean as a metaphor helped me convey that sense I longed for in a person, my wife. I was wishing to be as optimistic as her and not so drained by the reality of life. I did like my job. Parts of life were just hard to transition into. So uh, I just want to thank Evan for sharing that story and again for sharing his song, You Are the Ocean. And before we close with Evan's song, I wanted to remind you that you can submit a poem or song of your creation to poetry.deertracks at gmail.com. Again, the email is poetry.deertracks at gmail.com. And I also post these episodes on YouTube. So if you like uh, listening to podcasts on YouTube, just search James Kibbe and subscribe to my channel. And also like the videos there. Uh, that Again, that helps with um, with YouTube, with their algorithms and, and whatnot. Uh, and you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram as well. Again, the handle for that is at poetry.deertracks. And this is just another way to stay up to date when new episodes air and also to see other fun bonus things that I do throughout the week. I usually post them up there on Facebook or Instagram. So uh, like, follow, and... Uh, stay connected. So until our paths cross again, here is Evan Anstey to carry us outward and onward with his song, You Are the Ocean. Carry me with thought and lead me to know 
Your hands freely, high 